Good morning. My name is Randall Bradley, and I'm one of the ministers here at Calvary, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this place. If this is a place where you worship every Sunday, then you're welcome. And if this is your first time here, you are also very welcome. So we hope that you will feel that and you will experience it. In these last few weeks and through next Sunday, we are in the middle of a series that we're calling Table Talk. When you think about table talk, what do you think about? What kinds of experiences do you think about having around tables? Uh, who are the people that you visit with? What, does it come, what comes to mind for you? I was just thinking about that a little bit, and I was just remembering every week I have this little meeting with uh, my church music colleagues at Baylor, and we meet around the table and we have lunch together. And over the years, there have been many, many important things said, certainly about the work that we do together, but just about our lives. We have this meaningful conversation every week around a table. This past uh, a week ago, a friend of mine said, I'm passing through Waco. Could we catch up a bit? And so that meant, can we have a meal together? So we did. A day or so later, someone else called and said, I'm going to be in Waco. I haven't seen you in about 30 years. Could we meet and have a conversation and catch up? Table talk, right? Table talk. What about the table talk that we have here? What about the table talk that we have among each other? I don't know about you, but for me, the friends that I value the most and the sort of table talk that I look forward to are the ones where you can just start from where you left off. Wherever you've been, whatever conversations you've had, it's just as natural as it was last week, 30 years ago, whenever you last were together. I hope that's the kind of table talk that we have here at Calvary, the kind where every week you just pick right up where you were the week before. I hope that's true. I hope for those of you who are brand new, you could have even that today, that you could find a conversation today that could be warm and inviting to you, even if this is your very, very, very first time. We're glad that you're here today. We're going to have time for us to have table talk, communion as it were, or to commune with God and also to commune with each other. Let us do that now. Thanks be to God.
together for you have made us your people thank you for gathering us today thank you for your presence among us Lord God it is hard to be like you so when we come together may we do so with love as friends and as members of one family bound together by your love give us ears to hear and truly listen to others give us hearts to understand what is behind the words of others and give us wisdom as we respond. Knit us together, dear Lord, for we long to walk in your ways. Amen. Bless the Lord of my soul. Your heart is 
Second book of Samuel. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance. David said, Mephibosheth. He answered, I am your servant. David said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you yourself shall eat at my table always. He did obeisance and said, 
What is your servant that you should look upon a dead dog such as I? Then the king summoned Saul's servant, Ziba, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce, so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But your master's grandson, Mephibosheth, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so your servant will do. Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because you cannot repay, they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of the dinner guests, on hearing this, said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please, accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have just been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the God. Come to the feast of heaven and earth. Come to the table of plenty. God will provide for all that we need here at the table of plenty. Come to the feast of heaven and earth. Come to the table of plenty. God will provide for all that we need here at the table of Now, gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this room be found pleasing to you. 
The Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, for over a year, Sarah Cummins had been planning the wedding of her dreams. She booked a swanky reception at the Ritz-Charles Resort and planned a full-course meal complete with bourbon-glazed meatballs and roasted garlic bruschetta as appetizers, chicken breast with artichokes and chardonnay cream sauce as the main dish, and of course, a beautiful tiered wedding cake for dessert. But when Sarah and her fiancé called the wedding off, just days before the big event, they had no idea what to do with this extravagant plated dinner they had planned at the Ritz for 170 of their closest friends and family members. And what happened next went viral, sparking people's attention all around the world. Sarah got the idea to begin to contact local homeless shelters to see if any of their residents might like to come to the party instead. The response she received was a resounding yes. Soon local businesses and community members got word about what was going on and began to donate suits and dresses and other nice items for guests who might need a little something nice to wear to the dinner. On the day of the big event, Sarah and her bridal party were all at the Ritz to greet their guests when they arrived at the party. There were people of all ages and colors and stages of life, single parents with children, people in wheelchairs, babies in strollers, little girls dressed up in these beautiful fancy dresses, and older men wearing suits, some of them for the very first time. The entire evening was filled with good food, even better conversation, lots of laughter, and of course, lots of dancing. After it was all over, Sarah said, for me, it was an opportunity to let people know that they deserve to be at a place like this just as much as anyone else. One party guest, whose name was Charlie Allen, had spent the past three months at a local homeless mission, and he was the proud recipient of one of the donated jackets. He said, I didn't have a sports coat tugging gently at the lapels. I think I look pretty nice in it. And he went on to say, you know, there's this story in the Bible about how a master plans his party. He sends a servant to go get the people to come in, but they don't want to come. So then he says, go and get the people on the byways and have them come in and share the supper. And do you know that that's what hit my head when I got this invitation? This woman could have done anything with this party, but she went to those of us on the byways and the highways, and she invited us to come in. Charlie's right. It is a beautiful, real-life translation of today's text in Luke 14, isn't it? And we've been in this series called Table Talk, and each week we've seen that Luke's gospel tells us that Jesus eats with the kind of people we would never expect to see sitting at the table with him. 
and the ways in which Jesus spends his time around the table continually upsets the Pharisees, who are almost always grumbling in the background. It upsets them so much that Bible scholar Robert Karras says, in Luke's gospel, Jesus ultimately got himself killed because of the way he ate. It's something for us to chew on. Chew on, (laughs) isn't it? That was clever. But you know, the, the way in which the Pharisees were operating wasn't new. The reality is that from very beginning, from very early on in civilization, there have been distinct rules about who was and who was not welcome at the table. In fact, I read this week that in parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls, researchers have found lists of what were called community rules about who was forbidden entry into the messianic banquet in the Jewish tradition. For example, the community at Qumran had written that anyone who was afflicted was forbidden from full participation in their community. Now, afflicted, they went on to list what that means, and it meant having skin problems, having broken bones, challenges walking, being blind or having challenges with one's eyesight, having developmental or learning challenges, being deaf or having hearing challenges. Even old age and dementia prohibited some people from being welcome at the table. Now, I would imagine that that probably impacts several of us in this room today, doesn't it? People who would automatically have been excluded from the table. And that's why David's invitation to Mephibosheth that we read about in 1 Samuel is so significant. I don't know if you all are familiar with him, but Mephibosheth is certainly not a well-known character in our scripture. I don't remember a single Sunday school lesson on him growing up. Mephibosheth is the son of David's friend Jonathan, and when he is first mentioned in 2 Samuel 4, verse 4, we learn that he is lame in his feet. The thing is, we don't really know much else about Mephibosheth, in part because people who were disabled in any way were considered insignificant and unimportant, which, interestingly enough, is exactly how Mephibosheth sees himself, too. And so when David reaches out to him in chapter 9, he says, Who are you that you should look upon a dead dog like me? And yet, David says to him, Mephibosheth, you yourself shall eat at my table always. You will always have a seat at my table. It's this announcement of incredible honor and generous welcome and and a complete reversal from the way in which he has been treated his entire life. Suddenly this person who has always been treated as a nobody and who has seen himself in the same way has an open invitation to the king's table. You know when you're close with somebody You know you're really close when you have an open invitation to their house, don't you? When you can just show up, maybe even unannounced, and you really notice it if they don't bother to clean for you because they know they don't have to. You're part of the family. Or or it's significant when someone says to you, you know, anytime you want to join us for dinner, come on over. You're always welcome. You always have a seat 
at our table. It's a rare but beautiful thing to have an open invitation to someone's table, isn't it? And yet while we may think that it's rare, it's not so rare for Jesus, is it? Because Jesus is always extending open invitations. He's always in the business of pulling up more and more chairs to the table. The question is, are we as the church in the business of doing the same? What do our tables have to say about us? On our second scripture reading today in Luke 14, Jesus is at the table, this time with the Pharisees. And in characteristic Jesus style, he begins to tell them a story. He says, someone is preparing a great dinner and has invited many people. And when it comes time for the dinner, he sends out a servant to let everyone know that the feast is ready for them to come in. But suddenly, no one is able to come anymore. And when the master discovers that no one he initially invited is now coming to the party, he sends a servant to go out to the streets of the town to invite everyone, the poor, the disabled, the blind, and the lame. And so he goes out, and they come, and even then, there is still more room. I love what Fred Craddock says about this text. He says, the radicality of this text should not be missed. Both the synagogue and the church are constitutionally committed to the care of the poor and the disabled. But here, Jesus is not calling on Christians to provide for their needs. He says instead to invite them to dinner. After all, this is the New Testament's understanding of hospitality, he says. The word hospitality means literally love of a stranger. Hospitality, then, is not having each other over on Friday evenings, but welcoming those who are in no position to host us in return. Which is exactly what Sarah Cummins did at her wedding feast, isn't it? But what is especially inspiring to me about her story is what happened next for her. She says that the dinner party sparked something within her. We shared something so intimate and so unique that it just didn't feel right to say goodbye to everyone after one night, she said. The people who came, they talked to me. They hugged me. They loved me at a time when I really needed some love. And so Sarah continues to share a meal with some of them almost every week at the Dayspring Homeless Shelter in Indiana. You know, there's something about sitting around the table together that reminds us of our shared humanity, doesn't it? We all eat. We all need sustenance. We all enjoy a good meal, even if we have different likes and dislikes. We all might get food stuck between our teeth. And despite our best efforts, we all tend to make a mess from time to time, too. As Craddock says it, the clear sign of recognizing others as equals, of cementing our fellowship, is breaking bread together. 
which is exactly what we'll be doing together in just a few moments. We thought it was important in this table talk worship series to actually have some time around the table together ourselves. To sit around the table with people with whom we might otherwise never share a meal. And so at the end of this service, we will be making our way downstairs to our fellowship hall for our harvest meal. And whether you are planning on staying or not, whether you brought food or not, whether this is your church here at Calvary or you walked in the doors today for the very first time, absolutely everyone is invited. Like the parable of the banquet God keeps sending the invitation out for everyone to have a seat at God's table. And even when we least expect it or think we least deserve it, like Mephibosheth, we have been given a lifelong invitation to come sit at God's table. And so, Ryan, you've got a seat at God's table. Lewis, you've got a seat at the table. Tiffany, there's a seat for you too. Jessa, you're invited to come to the table. Shannon, there's a seat for you right there. Charity, way back there, there's a seat for you too. But let us also think of the person who isn't here today. Maybe the person you don't want to be here today. Think of the person who sits beside you in class. Think of the person who just gets under your skin. The person who works across the hall from you. The family who lives down the street from you or maybe on the other side of town from you. The person you passed at the street corner the other day. Friends, there is still room for all of us. The challenge before us is to go out, to invite again and again and again, to extend hospitality, to welcome, and to keep pulling up more chairs to our table. And so, like Jesus, may we go and do likewise. And so, God, I pray that you would challenge us to look at the empty seat beside us today and ask, who needs a seat at this table? Who do I need to go back out to and invite in? Who do I need to invite into my home, into my church, and into my life? God, even when we think we least deserve it, we know that your grace meets us here. And so as we gather around tables today, help us to be filled with an abundance of your grace for each and every one of us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Well, we've been hearing for quite some time about the significance of gathering together around the table. And while there is absolutely a challenge for us to go out and to invite more people to God's table, I think we sometimes forget that it's only by God's grace that a chair has been offered to each and every one of us. And if there's any message that Jesus' meals at the table have to teach us, I think it's a message of grace upon grace upon grace.
Maybe you are here today ready to respond to the grace of Jesus by expressing your faith in Christ. Maybe you're here to join our community of faith here at Calvary where we gather around tables together and we seek to follow Jesus in the best ways we know how. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. was without form and void, you danced over the waters, you danced in deep darkness, creating. When the storm raged, you walked on the waters, you walked on troubled waters, recreating. When we went to draw water, you brought us together, you taught us about the living water offering us your loving self. May we taste the waters and remember your generosity in creating this bountiful world. May we taste the waters and remember your strength in instilling in us faith and courage. May we taste the waters and remember your love in 
calling us out of a lifeless, poisoned drought. When our energy is spent on that which doesn't nourish, when our efforts are spent on that which doesn't satisfy, renew us with your endless creativity. Remind us that there is still work to be done recreating. Rekindle our focus and dedication that we may offer you an offering of justice and righteousness. Bless, dear God, the water we drink. Bless, dear God, the food we eat. Bless, dear God, the offers we give. In your matchless name we pray. Amen. We all start on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. Just when all hope seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There's no one unwelcome here. So that sin and shame you've brought with you, you can leave it at the door and let your mercy draw you near. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. To the thief and to the doubter, to the hero and the coward, to the prisoner and the soldier, 
to the young and to the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and the princes, all the failed you've been forgiven, all the dreaming, all who suffer, all who loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free, all who followed and who lead, anyone who's been let down, you have been found. All who've been labeled right and wrong, to everyone who hears this song, come to the table. Come join the sinners, you have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Come to the table. Come to the I encourage you to look at that announcement sheet and also at the back of your worship folder for lots of things coming up, especially for the season of Advent that's right around the corner. Also, I hope you saw the updates in the tower or in your worship folder this morning about Guillerme Almeida and Lauren Everett. Um, Guillerme will be resigning near the end of this year to allow him some more time to focus on other ministry opportunities. Um, and Lauren will be graduating from Truett Seminary in December and moving back home to Virginia um, to begin a unit of clinical pastoral education at a local hospital. Both Lauren and Guillerme have been such significant parts of our Calvary family and so key to what happens in this place and in this community, and so we will miss them both so much. We hope you will join us on Sunday, December 16th, as we celebrate them and as we bless them after worship that day. 
And then also, I just wanted to say a thank you to everyone who came to the documentary showing at the Mayborn Friday, um, or who helped in some way to make that possible. Um, that was just a really special evening, and it was so glad to get to share that with the Calvary family. If you didn't get to come, the documentary will be available starting Tuesday morning, not Monday, Tuesday, and the website's listed in your worship folder. And the really beautiful thing, I think, is that it's not just my story, but it's Calvary's story. And there are some beautiful shots of our church that I hope you'll get a chance to see later this week. Well, I'm not sharing a benediction this morning because we are not ending worship. We are continuing it around the table downstairs. And we truly do mean that absolutely everyone is welcome to stay and join us. Uh, We have deacons and other volunteers who are serving as table hosts, and they've already made their way downstairs to be able to welcome you. I really encourage you to find someone new to sit with. Yeah, or they're making their way downstairs right now. That's awesome. Um, I encourage you to find someone new to sit with, and I, I really can't remember a time around the Calvary table without meaningful conversation, so I'm eager for this time together. We do ask that parents pick up children uh, from extended session on your way downstairs, so that allows our volunteers and all of our child care workers to join us, so make sure you go, go get your kiddos. Um, please join me in a quick prayer for our meal, and then we will make our way downstairs. God, bless this time around our tables today. Bless our food, our meal, and our conversation. May we leave this place ready to give and to receive grace upon grace upon grace. Amen. Let's make our way downstairs.